Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio, your hometown news broadcasting from Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Thursday, June 22nd, and we start with local news. While the start of a new year is often associated with the 1st of January for a local municipality's government, the new year begins when a new budget is adopted. Columbia City Council voted its final reading last week to adopt the city's 2023-24 fiscal year budget, which totaled approximately $80.4 million for all funds. This also includes no new increases in property taxes while also expanding the city's core services and operating reserves. These expansions include implementing a new employee compensation plan, including salary raises citywide, to remain competitive in both recruiting and retaining city workers. I am pleased with the recent passage of our fiscal year budget A balanced budget that includes no property tax increases, provides basic municipal services in the most professional of ways, and funds short-term and long-term capital projects that will ensure our city continues moving forward in a positive direction, Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder said. I am also pleased with the focus on our city employees in this budget and will continue to work to find ways to best recruit, retain, and reward one of our city's greatest assets, our employees, he said. The Columbia City Council approved a pay increase of 5% for all city employees in May. The raise took effect in June and is part of a 22.5% cumulative increase in employee compensation rates since 2018. The 2023-2024 budget also increased by 19.3% compared to last year's $67 million operating budget, with 58% of the total being within the city's general fund. The general fund includes funding for Columbia Police, Columbia Fire and Rescue, Public Works, and Parks and Recreation, all of which received a 10.5% increase. That equates to about $4.4 million. Thanks to the hard work of the City Council and the commitment by the City's management team and finance staff, the new fiscal year budget provides citizens with a high level of City services that folks have come to expect, City Manager Tony Massey said. The 2023-24 budget also includes funding for several new capital projects and initiatives. Nearly $20.6 million is allocated for the city's fiscal year 2024 through 2028 capital improvement program. The five-year capital improvement program totals $99.5 million and includes major multi-year capital projects, including the fire station number one renovation, public works storage, fuel facility construction, city hall HVAC replacement, Iron Bridge Replacement, Duck River Station Upgrade, and Bear Creek Pike Pump Station Replacement. The city received the GFOA's Distinguished Budget Award in F Fiscal Year 2023. Murray County Republican Andy Ogles introduced on the floor of the United States House of Representatives articles of impeachment against President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris last week. Support for impeachment is limited to a select group of Republicans in the House and will be an uphill battle for the freshman congressman. Ogles claims Biden weaponized the office of the presidency to, quote, shield the business and influence peddling schemes of his family from congressional oversight and public accountability. Specifically, Representative Ogles' bill claims companies created by family members of Biden and associates used to funnel millions of dollars to Biden family members. 
He also alleges while serving as vice president in 2016, Biden requested the Ukrainian president fire the prosecutor investigating Burisma Holdings, a company of which Hunter Biden sat on the board at the time. Joe Biden hasn't just failed the American people with his abysmal excuse for leadership. He's violated his sworn oath to preserve, protect and defend the Constitution of the United States. Joe Biden has repeatedly abused this position, his position of power, both as vice president and president, to cover up his illicit family business dealings and exploitation of taxpayer resources, Ogle said in a statement. The American people know they can't depend on the so-called Department of Justice to investigate the Biden family's corruption, and so it's up to the U.S. Congress to hold him accountable once and for all, Ogle said. The second charge cites Biden's handling of the southern border, claiming his actions, or lack thereof, have endangered the people of the United States. Ogle cites drug seizures at the border and illegal immigrant encounters at the border, which have resulted in eight of the ten highest months ever recorded. Ogles claims Harris, Vice President Harris, was complicit in the weaponization of the executive office, naming her in the charges as well. His accomplice, Vice President Kamala Harris, has demonstrated her extraordinary incompetence time and again, Ogles' statement read. She has allowed the land invasion of our southern border to continue unchecked, threaten the livelihoods of millions and the lives of thousands who have been murdered at the hands of illegal aliens and died from illicit fentanyl, he claims. Ogle summarized the bill with, In all of this, Joseph Robinette Biden has acted in a manner contrary to the public trust and subversive of constitutional government, to the great prejudice of the cause of law and justice, and to the manifest injury of the people of the United States. The Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation last week announced 131 grants totaling almost $300 million from the state's American Rescue Plan Fund, part of which TDEC is administering in the form of drinking water, wastewater, and stormwater infrastructure grants. Since August, TDEC has awarded and announced $933 million in grant funds through ARP programming. Of the 131 grants announced, 29 are collaborative grants and 102 are non-collaborative grants. Collaborative grants involve multiple entities, cities, counties, or water utilities partnering on projects to work toward a shared purpose. All grants awarded represent 469 individual drinking water, wastewater, and or stormwater infrastructure projects. Murray County will be receiving a collaborative grant of $3,377,000, it was announced. Murray County, in collaboration with the City of Mount Pleasant and the Murray County Water System, will use ARP funds to develop an asset management plan and address critical needs in their drinking water systems. The communities will use the ARP funds to replace 11,000 linear feet of faulty water lines, improve spring sites, and replace meters in order to increase capacity and improve system resiliency. Tennessee received $3.725 billion from the ARP, and the state's Financial Stimulus Accountability Group dedicated $1.35 billion of those funds to TDEC to support water projects in communities throughout Tennessee. Of the $1.35 billion, approximately $1 billion was designated for non-competitive formula-based grants offered to counties and eligible cities to address systems' critical needs. Those include developing asset management plans, addressing significant non-compliance, updating aging infrastructure, mitigating water loss for drinking water systems, and reducing inflow and infiltration for wastewater systems. 
The grants announced last week are part of a $1 billion non-competitive grant program. The remaining funds, about $269 million, will go to state-initiated projects and competitive grants. As Tennessee continues to experience unprecedented growth, we're prioritizing critical infrastructure investments that will address the needs of Tennesseans and give local communities the resources needed to thrive, Governor Bill Lee said. We look forward to the improvements these projects will bring, and we commend the communities who have gone through the application process. We are grateful to the local applicants, and we anticipate excellent results from these grants, said TDEC Commissioner David Sawyers. This shows that Tennessee recognizes the need for improved water infrastructure, and we are grateful for the leadership of Governor Lee and the General Assembly in seeing that communities get this assistance, he said. Parker Martin and his mother, Sandra Wilson Martin, recently visited Murray Regional Medical Center to drop off another round of books for families with babies in the Neonatal Intensive Care Unit, or NICU. Sandra delivered Parker in November of 2016, 10 weeks early. Thanks to the excellent care Murray Regional Medical Center's team provided, he is today a healthy and thriving six-year-old. Following his birth, Parker's parents, both educators, launched Parker's Project, which donates books to the NICU to support other NICU parents and honor his caregivers. As an educator, I understand the extreme importance of early childhood literacy, Sandra Wilson Martin said. Reading books to children can help them in unspeakable ways for years to come, hence why we chose to donate books, she said. Since launching in 2017, Parker's Project has donated more than 1,000 books to the NICU. Reflecting on her experience, Sondra recalled the extraordinary care Dr. Nicole Falls and nurses Heather Potts, Christy Brown, and many others gave her at such a vulnerable time. Sondra Martin, taking her experience and creating a positive mission with Parker is inspiring to watch, Murray Regional Healthcare Foundation Executive Director Joe Kilgore said. Year after year, Parker's project positively impacts the families served by Murray Regional Medical Center's NICU. We are eternally grateful they continue this mission and share their story, he said. Gifts to support Parker's project may be made through the Foundation's NICU fund at www.murrayregional.com forward slash foundation. Established in 2006, the Foundation provides support, health care services, and a caring environment for individuals unable to obtain appropriate care. Since its formation, the foundation has provided nearly $3.4 million in programs and services. Both Columbia and Spring Hill have continued to skyrocket in population over the last two years since the most recent census was conducted. Recent estimates released by the U.S. Census Bureau reported Columbia is the seventh fastest growing city in the state, while Spring Hill sits at ninth on the list. Spring Hill is now the state's 14th largest city, according to the data. Tennessee passed Massachusetts in 2022 to become the nation's 15th largest state. It's not scary to us that we continue to grow at this pace, Spring Hill Mayor Jim Hageman said. We have had meetings at the state and county levels to plan what we are going to do as growth continues to surge in Middle Tennessee, he said. Hageman said he has continued to work on smart growth in the city and feels as if the city has been able to accomplish that through the Unified Development Code and Spring Hill Rising 2040 Comprehensive Plan. Those are great guidebooks on how to grow and meet the needs of those moving here, he said. As we move forward, we are trying to mitigate the issue upon us and certainly not add to them, he said. One of the major issues facing Spring Hill is sewer and wastewater, two things the city and its staff have been working to resolve for several years. 
I'm sorry the issues we have exist, but we are managing them through elected officials and city staff, Mayor Hageman said. We're racing to make sure we don't put future citizens in a bind. In recent years, the Murray County portion of Spring Hill has grown at a faster rate than the Williamson County side, bucking a decade-long trend. Hageman said thankfully the city can levy impact fees, which lessens the burden on the city's infrastructure costs. He said he would like to see the county be able to levy those um, those taxes among developers outside the city limits in the future, something county leaders have been working on passing at the state level for two years now. When people build here, they impact everything, he said. We have to hire more staff, emergency personnel, equipment, and infrastructure. We use those to offset some of the costs. Murray County is growing as well, and I'm surprised the state hasn't allowed impact fees for them, but they need them, he said. For Columbia Mayor Chaz Mulder, the growth in Columbia is not coming as a surprise at all. In fact, the city has actively recruited new residents over the last few years. The city has also budgeted for a special census to be called in the next fiscal year in order to capture the funding that comes along with growth. Our community is one of inclusion and progress, he said. We want to build a community that grows and thrives as our state grows. The business community and those who are investing in our city see where we are headed and we want to go where we're going, he said. Being among the state's fastest-growing communities is something Mulder and the city have been preparing for in recent years. The West 7th Streetscape began a massive downtown paving initiative that is currently making its way through the city's arts district. The largest single infrastructure project in the city's history is beginning with their sewer expansion project as well. I am fortunate to have inherited a city that was planning for the future, and that's what we need to continue to do. Mayor Mulder said, We certainly have our challenges and opportunities, but I'd rather live in a community dealing with those caused by growth than the challenges caused by not growing, he said. The U.S. Census Bureau estimates are based on birth and death records, regional migration information, and building permit data, among among other data sets. The Murray County Democratic Party have called for a primary for next year's local elections. The primary will be held the same day as the March 5th, 2024 presidential preference primary, and the cost to the taxpayer should be minimal. Voters in this primary will pick Democrat nominees for the August 2024 general election. The deadline to file for local offices, including school board, will move from April 2024 to December 14th of 2023 at noon. This effect This affects candidates of all parties, Democrat, Republican, and Independent, equally. Anyone who is interested in running for school board in Murray County or for a circuit court judge in the 22nd Judicial District should plan to pull their petition this fall rather than waiting until the spring. The Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce is excited to announce its highly anticipated annual extravaganza, Experience Spring Hill, the event, presented by Liberty Federal Credit Union. The family-friendly free event will take place on Saturday, June 24th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. at Summit High School, featuring over 100 vendors offering a diverse range of products and services. Experience Spring Hill, the event, will showcase the vibrant community of Spring Hill in one convenient location. 
The event will also author, offer a plethora of activities to delight all ages, including a touch-a-truck display, an exhilarating bounce house, an engaging golf simulator, an exciting video gaming area, an immersive virtual reality station, lively dance demonstrations from local studios, appearances by beloved famous characters, and a medley of entertaining games with fabulous prizes. Furthermore, the City of Spring Hill's library, parks, police, fire, and administrative services will be present, providing valuable community information on site. Rebecca Melton, the executive director of the Spring Hill Chamber of Commerce, expressed her enthusiasm for the return of the annual event. She stated, Our organization's mission is to positively influence the business culture to create a better Spring Hill, and this event allows us to showcase the many local businesses and organizations that embody our mission. Bringing together representatives from Spring Hill Welcome Center, Visit Franklin, Experience Murray, Visit Columbia, and South Central Tennessee Tourism Association under one roof. A new attraction at the event will be a Tennessee Travels exhibit area featuring the very best in the area's local tourism, attractions, hidden gems, and adventures. For further information about the event, please visit the official website at www.experiencespringhill.com forward slash experience dash spring dash hill dash event and now your hometown memorials sponsored by oaks and nichols funeral home wilma jean cooley stewart 85 the retired dietary aide for life care and heritage nursing facilities died tuesday june 20th at her residence in columbia Graveside services will be conducted Friday at 11 a.m. at Pope Memorial Gardens with Reverend Jeff Kane officiating. Oaks and Nichols funeral directors are assisting the family with arrangements. Mr. Jerry Dwayne Walters, 71, retired employee of Precision Tubular and resident of Mount Pleasant, died Friday, June 16th at Murray Regional Medical Center. Funeral services for Mr. Walters will be conducted Thursday at 11 a.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Arlington Cemetery. Mrs. Cheryl Kathleen Ragsdale Ray, 73, a retired caregiver for CPS, died Friday, June 16th at her residence in Pulaski. Funeral services for Mrs. Ray will be conducted Thursday, June 22nd at 2 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Burial will follow in Polk Memorial Gardens. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why your satisfaction is so important to Jeff Hargrove and Susie Sowell. There's a great deal of satisfaction in serving a family and serving them well. It's an eye for detail and thoughtfulness, and taking the time to see that things are done right. We do have nice facilities and good people, and we work hard to do things well. But we don't want that to intimidate people as to what they think it will cost. Taking care of you is our primary concern. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia. Since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have light rain early, followed by mostly cloudy skies throughout the afternoon. The high will be 76 degrees today with light and variable winds. The chance of rain? 60%. 
Tonight, we can expect some clouds and a low of 60 degrees. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high-quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard. The same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg. We do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. This is Bob Kessling with Pat Ryan. It's a beautiful day for digging. The backhoe operator has the engine running and is moving into position. He's heading for the ground. He's in there. Wait, there's a flag on the play. Let's get out of the field for the call from our official. Illegal procedure on the digging team. Oh, that penalty could cause a costly accident. That's right, Bob. He needs to call before he digs. There's underground utility lines that could be hiding just below the surface. Water, sewer, electrical, communication lines, and even natural gas. Avoid a penalty by first calling 811 to have any underground public utility lines located and marked with flags or paint. It's free, it's easy, and it's the law. For more tips, visit pipesafety.org. This message brought to you by the Tennessee Association of Broadcasters and the Tennessee Gas Association, funded in part by a grant from the Underground Utility Damage Enforcement Board.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7, your hometown source for news and information. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. A three-judge panel on Tuesday heard oral arguments over the constitutionality of a Tennessee law that authorizes game wardens to perform warrantless searches on private property. The state is appealing a March 2022 ruling from Benton County that declared the law unconstitutional. The statute in question gives representatives of the Tennessee Wildlife Resources Agency and other designated state or federal agencies the power to enter any property outside of buildings to enforce wildlife laws without a warrant. The Institute for Justice, a libertarian nonprofit and opponent of the law, called it the Game Warden Surveillance Law. The plaintiffs, Terry Rainwaters and Hunter Hollingsworth, challenged the law after TWRA employees ignore their no-trespassing signs and entered their private Benton County lands on multiple occasions in 2017 and earlier to search for potential wildlife violations and installed cameras on their property without their knowledge. The men argued that the law violates their right to privacy under the United States and Tennessee constitutions. Attorney Josh Windham from the Institute of Justice and representing the plaintiffs said the law gives TWRA a blank check to enter private land whenever they please. Tennessee Appeals Court Judge Jeffrey Usman contrasted the power the law gives to TWRA employees to police and sheriff's deputies who generally need a warrant to enter private property without the owner's consent. If police can't enter private property... To investigate a crime against persons, why can the TWRA enter to investigate without regard to animals? Usman asked. With regard, rather. Doesn't the state have an even stronger interest in protecting persons rather than wildlife? Amanda Jordan of the Tennessee Attorney General's Office replied that the standards are different for TWRA because that agency has a different interest and duty than other law enforcement. If people are allowed to hunt on private property, then TWRA needs to be able to enter private property to check for these licensing compliances and to make sure that they are complying with all of the wildlife regulations, Jordan said. Wyndham said during his statement that the statute effectively gives hunters less protection than bootleggers. The state's position in this case seems to be something like, People have less protection under Section 7 of the Tennessee Constitution when they're exercising their constitutionally protected right to hunt than if, they, and if, than if they're bootlegging or they're manufacturing drugs on their land, Wyndham said. That can't be the rule that prevails in Tennessee. Judge Arnold Golden asked Jordan why the agency couldn't just be required to get a warrant to do these sorts of checks. And Jordan replied that agents might not know a hunter's name or that a hunter might not be at the same place by the time a warrant is issued. Arguments lasted only 30 minutes in all. Golden said the judges will have a decision as soon as possible. Tennessee gas prices held relatively steady over last week, moving only a penny more expensive on average. The Tennessee gas price average is now $3.15, which is $0.03 cents more expensive than one month ago, but $1.45 less than one year ago. While parts of the country are still experiencing big swings at the pump, the movement in pump prices here in Tennessee are relatively stable for now, said Megan Cooper, spokeswoman for AAA, the auto club group. The start of summer is nearly here, and it's likely that increased fuel demand will contribute to continued volatility in pump prices over the next few months. The good news is that even with expected volatility in pricing, drivers are finding pump prices far lower than last year, she said. 
Here's some quick facts. 20% of Tennessee gas price stations have prices below $3. The lowest 10% of pump prices are $2.91. The highest 10% of pump prices are $3.48. Tennessee is the seventh least expensive market in the nation. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today, and now our final story. A big winner won a Powerball $1 million prize in Franklin, Tennessee, from the June 19th drawing. The winning ticket matched all five white balls. The winning ticket was purchased at Tim's Market in Delhi, located at 1535 Columbia Avenue in Franklin. For additional information about the lottery, visit www.tnlottery.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM WKRM Radio. I'll be back tomorrow to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great day.